raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. So as we've been noting, you have the Biden administration giving $6 billion to Iran. Now understand they didn't write the check. What they did is allowed the money that has been frozen due to sanctions to be unfrozen as part of a prisoner swap deal. We get five Americans back, they get five Iranians back, and yet they get access to $6 billion that was frozen. Sanctions have worked in absolutely debilitating Iran. Sadly, they haven't worked to the point where the people rise up against the Ayatollah, the mullahs, the hardliners, and the clerics, although there have been opportunities, and I think opportunities squandered. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. But why is the Biden administration, almost as if it's a page out of the Obama administration, allowing $6 billion to change hands? Senator Todd Young joins us right now. Senator from Indiana, very, very focused on conversations of foreign policy and national security. Uh, They announced this on September 11th. That $6 billion is going to go with these five prisoners in exchange for five U.S. prisoners. Are you okay with this deal, sir? You know I'm not, uh, Tony. This is uh, outrageous. This is ill-advised. This is counterproductive, meaning it will will not net-net lead to fewer Americans held. Uh, It will lead to far more in the future. Um. This is the wrong direction to go. Our country has had a longstanding no concessions policy. Um, it has uh, been one of the cardinal principles of our foreign policy in the modern era. We never provide ransom payments. And when we do, when presidents do, um, they're taken to the woodshed. President Obama, as you alluded to, released hundreds of millions of dollars, $400 million in liquidated assets to Iran in 2016. Um, A number of us at that time warned that this dangerous precedent would put a price on American lives. This is exactly what has happened. More Americans have been snatched than otherwise would have been. And now the Biden administration proposes we, we, we spend 15 times, 15 times what was spent in the Obama era to spring loose a handful of Americans. Tony, let me be really clear from the outset here. We need to do everything we can, everything responsibly that we can to exert leverage and to get those Americans free. But this is highly, grossly irresponsible. Um, we need to apply leverage on, on, our, on, on our friendly countries uh, to use their diplomats, to use their pressure campaigns to help us get these Americans free. Is we the are issue, the leading military and economic and diplomatic country in the world. And if we bring to all our, bear all our pressure and make this a diplomatic priority, we can accomplish our goal of getting Americans free, but not writing a big check to the mullahs uh, when they've been seizing oil tankers, la- launching missiles and drones uh, across the region and beyond, uh, threatening our service members, seizing U.S. hostages, and and so many other malign 
activity. Let me, let me interrupt you there for a moment. We, we I have uh, addressed what uh, the Iran military has been doing and their offshoots in the Straits of Hormuz and going after oil tankers. Uh, and this, yeah. this is well noted. Uh, but I, be, before I, I move on, I want to ask a question. Is the issue that it's $6 billion? Is the issue that it was a billion dollars? Is there a dollar number that ever works? And if not... Is it okay to look at American families and say we're not going to make this trade? No, the the, the issue is is not the dollar figure. No amount of money is appropriate. We need to look at the family members and explain to them that we're doing every conceivable, responsible uh, uh, thing we can to to free their loved ones. But we what we cannot do is create a situation where additional families, additional Americans uh, are are being detained in the future on account of uh, grossly irresponsible policies, uh, writing big multi-billion dollar checks to the leading state sponsor of terror. There is a reason, Tony, that uh, this was announced in the wake of 9-11's anniversary. This is a public relations uh, setting aside the the monetary dimension of it, this is a public relations uh, breakthrough for the Islamic Republic of Iran. What they have done is they have broken our State Department uh, with this latest ransom deal, and um, it's going to be very dangerous uh, to so many Americans in the future. So uh, we do need to be screaming from the rooftops. Um, we we um, we need to disincentivize any future leader from doing this, and we need to make this hurt. We need to make this hurt um, uh, within the uh, administration so we don't see any more of this activity moving forward. Talking to Senator Todd Young of Indiana, young.senate.gov. You sit on the uh, U.S. Senate Committee on Foreign Relations. As we deal with other nations and they see a deal like this made, um, has there already been a response? It, do things become tougher, easier? What is it that you usually happens on, on foreign relations when a deal like this uh, happens? And did you get consulted at all? Was anybody in the Senate consulted before this deal was made? I can't speak to all of my colleagues, but uh, I'm not aware of any of my colleagues who were consulted before this deal was made. My hope uh is and I will advocate for uh, public hearings in the wake of this to figure out uh, what what led to this deal, um, to determine uh, with whom the administration consulted and, and in order to change longstanding policy and uh, abandon our no concessions uh, against terrorist regimes uh, policy um, and. Uh, the implications, as, as, I, as I talk to diplomats here in Washington, D.C., as I travel around the world and, and visit with leaders of government, is it screams weakness. You know, it, it's, it's just like uh, President Biden's recent statements in the Indo-Pacific about why he was there. Um, that, too, screams weakness. Uh, On one hand, I'll, I'll commend the Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participating McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Administration for going out and trying to build ties among other countries, but all of that gets undermined when you're writing check, checks to terrorist regimes and uh, when you are indicating that uh, you're not really uh, trying to win this uh, global competition of values against uh, outlaw regimes like Iran, China, Russia, and Venezuela. Let me let me move it over to, to a China conversation because while uh, Joe Biden was in, in Vietnam, uh, uh, amongst some other very noteworthy uh, statements like uh, he's going to bed, he made the statement that he's not trying to contain China. He wants China to do uh, well, but he wants to be able to have a relationship. It was uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on Fox News who referred to this as naive. Listen. Martha, that's just hopelessly naive and something out of decades gone by. Uh, The place that America finds itself is a direct result of Xi Jinping's behavior. This isn't a dislike for the Chinese people or dislike for the Chinese government per se. It is Xi Jinping's aggression against America. Is it naive to say, or is it just something that gets said while you're in this diplomatic world and the actions uh, could be very, very different? Or should the United States position proactively and vocally be, we want to contain China? The latter. Uh, Our position should be, we want to contain China. We want to contain their... uh, illegal behavior, and there's illegality occurring on a daily basis uh, uh, when, when they uh, steal our intellectual property, when they grab territory, uh, including entire seas like the South China Sea, rewriting international lines, turning that sea into a lake, thereby undermining our, our international shipping, when they intimidate their neighbors, including uh, Taiwan, where so many of our semiconductors are currently made, when they conceal information during the early days of a global pandemic, consequences of, of, of which uh, we all know led to millions of, upon millions of people's lives being disrupted and, and uh, loss of life. Um, I mean, the, the, the list of charges goes on and on and on. We want to contain that behavior. And, you know, it really misses the point to say we want, you know, happy, go lucky. We want everyone to be happy. We want to deepen our relationship with Vietnam, which is where the president uttered the we don't want to contain China comment. Um, The reason he's visiting these countries is obviously to contain China's worst behavior, to send a message, an unambiguous message that for to those who are undecided about which horse to back in the defining challenge of the 21st century, that America is here in the Indo-Pacific, we're here to stay, and we're going to defend our, our rules-based order, our rules of commerce. We're going to defend uh, the rules that indicate that responsible militaries have to talk to one another so there's not 
miscalculation. We're going to defend rules around use of nuclear energy and nuclear weapons. Yeah, these rules benefit the American people. They have for generations, and we're going to defend them against Xi Jinping and his slaveholder state. And and when he departs from that kind of of, a muscular message, um, it, it, it's a distraction and it's confusing to people. Everyone knows we'll continue to trade at some level with China. I support that. It would be silly. It would be uh, certainly not in the interest of American people if we were to just raise a, a drawbridge and stop trading with the Chinese, uh, which is why trade actually increased during the Trump years and it's increased since then. Um, but to, to get on that sort of line of messaging when you're visiting the Indo-Pacific, um, is, is, it's the same sort of indecision. It's the same sort of tone-deaf messaging that we saw coming out of the administration uh, when they delayed shooting down the Chinese balloon. It's the same sort of indecision uh, that is demonstrated when the Chinese will not talk to your top leaders and you dispatch your Secretary of Treasury, and then your Secretary of, of Commerce to China begging for meetings with top Chinese officials. We need to look strong. We need our president to look strong. He looks weak. He looks weak, um, yeah, on, on, on television, but that's not what I'm talking about. It's not a cheap shot against, you know, an octogenarian. He looks weak on account of the things he says. I, I, because I th- people assume... I was going to say that um, I think the the the, the yeah. use of the word octogenarian might speak for itself, sir. Talking to Senator uh, Todd Young, mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to. I've got two other subjects before I, I let you go, and I, I don't mean to to interrupt. And one of them is is that uh, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, has uh, suggested that he is now open to an impeachment inquiry. Now, this is not an impeachment, which would be in the House of Representatives, and if they were to vote to impeach, there would be a trial in the Senate to which you would once again sit for another trial. That would be three, I believe, uh, for for you, sir, which is uh, a hat trick uh, of of impeachment trials. Um, Is there a feel amongst Senate Republicans that an impeachment inquiry is worthy, or do you believe this is a waste of time that impacts negatively chances in 2024? There hasn't been a lot of chatter, believe it or not, in the midst of of government shutdown conversations. Um, You know, this revelation about uh, ransom payments, uh, things we're dealing with on, on the China technology front, on and on about impeachment yet. But with that said, I I, I think it's safe to say there are probably differing views on this. Here is my view. My view um, hasn't changed over the last few years. I warned in the first uh, impeachment of President Donald J. Trump that the manner in which it was conducted was impulsive, was devoid of the sort of, of process that one would expect for, some, for a step as serious as impeachment. And I said, when you do that, when you engage in what someone might call a, a snap impeachment process, whatever you strongly suspect might be uh, the appropriate outcome of that process, you're supposed to have process, sort of consistent with our, our, our legal tradition. And when you don't have process, you incentivize people in the future to have more impeachments. I warned that in impeachment number one against Trump. Within you know a year or two, we, we had another 
impeachment of Donald J. Trump. Again, the process was abbreviated. It was only after the impeachment trial in the United States Senate that the House went back and engaged in, in a searching, probing, public process. People can be the judge of, of whatever came out of that. Here we are again, and there's talk about having an abbreviated process. I hope if they go down this road, um, it is very public. They let the facts, which are elicited, speak for themselves. And if there's nothing there in the end, fine. But, you know, it's the job of the House of Representatives to look into these sorts of things. There is, you know, there's a lot of smoke. And I don't know if there's fire there. There's a lot of smoke. They need to look into these things. I would say they need to look into these things before they start talking about impeachment. That's my view. I am I am a believer in that, by the way, that absolutely uh, they should be going through the inquiry before just jumping in. Talking to Senator Todd Young of the state of Indiana, who uh, tomorrow, I believe, will take uh, part in this AI Insight Forum with Elon Musk, uh, of course, of X and, and SpaceX and with Mark Zuckerberg of Meta Facebook. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to see them in the steel cage. Uh, this is this is the great worry of our time, that there's no management of artificial intelligence and we are all going to end up working for the robots. What is uh, this, uh, th this hearing uh, tomorrow, this forum, I should say, uh, tomorrow? What are you expecting and what will you be asking? So this is still a, a get to know more about artificial intelligence exercise. We've been engaged in this within the Senate, myself and all my colleagues, for you know the last six months, roughly. We saw ChatGPT come online. And for those who, who don't know, it's available in a free version online. Uh, just mess around with it uh, sometime. Type in some questions. Uh, it is amazing what that tool can do. And we're already looking at a, at a couple of generations beyond that. Um, you know, since that time, new versions have come out. So, and we, artificial intelligence, for, for those who, who haven't been following this closely, which is probably some of your listeners, these are algorithms. These are computer programs that can process tons of data and then make decisions based on that data um, uh, in ways that are, are really quick and, and very impressive. Uh, sometimes it can uh, output images, other times it's text, whatever, whatever you like. And, and increasingly, as you indicate, it's going to disrupt a, a, a lot of people's work life um, in the way all technologies had. It will, in the process, make us, one would expect, a lot more productive. Um, but this technology... If, if we don't address some of the, the risks that come with it, um, it, uh, it could really be dangerous. So among the risks are, let's say you go in and, and apply for credit uh, from a bank. Well, a bank may use this supercharged uh, technology to determine who should get a loan and who shouldn't get a loan. Well, you know, there are certain... Uh, variables they shouldn't look at. It would be inconsistent with our values if they start looking at somebody's, you know, uh, uh, racial or, or ethnic status. I think we would all agree that's, that's, that's not appropriate when you're looking um, at a loan. Well, it's a computer program. 
if you don't tell it not to look at some of this stuff, it might. So that's a risk we need to address. We also need to make sure that, you know, one cannot type in a, a request to allow you to get access to ingredients that would lead to the creation of a bioweapon in your garage or basement that might be unleashed on all of Indiana, perhaps all of the world. That would be a really bad thing. So we're trying to figure out how to mitigate that risk. So there's a handful of these risks that are creepy to us. Deep fakes is another risk as, as we head into election year. Uh, we don't want somebody pretending to be Donald Trump or, or Joe Biden and, and um, saying certain things the day before an election that could undermine their ability to get elected. So how do you regulate that? But the upside potential, let's not lose sight of that. Every person in the world can have access to their own private individualized tutor. So anybody can learn just about anything at their own pace in a way tailored to uh, their, their own learning uh, uh, preference. Um, we, can, we can come up with personalized medicine so we get breakthroughs in cancer much more quickly. Uh, more crop, worry, uh, more resilient crops. What's that? Do you worry that the idea of saying, okay, the the uh, algorithm can't do this and can't do that, is actually a conversation about censorship and silencing and preventing certain information yes, from getting out? I do. This is I I do worry about that, which is why I'm in the room. I want to prevent regulatory sort of overshooting. You know. I'm, I'm, I'm working on this with Schumer and Martin Heinrich of New Mexico. Those are Democrats. And also Mike Rounds of, of South Dakota, fellow Republican senator. And we're trying to organize a sort of a whole of Senate process. And I think Republicans need to be at the table. Otherwise, just it's going to be Schumer doing this. And, yeah, we've cooperated on some stuff. But frankly, um, you know, trust but verify. And, and I want to make sure that we are not constraining American business and American innovators in developing this technology and allowing the Chinese to get ahead. Because artificial intelligence, the warfighters tell us, will be critical to fighting and winning the next war. And if, if big government gets too involved and overshoots regulatorily, they can not only constrain speech, Tony, uh, they can also constrain our ability to defend our way of life. And that's really what's at stake and why we need to probably adopt a light-touch regulatory atmosphere. Most of what AI threatens, the stuff I mentioned, is already illegal. So the challenge will be to take those existing laws and make sure we can apply them in a world that is AI-enabled. This is a conversation that we will have to continue and certainly after uh, the the forum. Uh, but if you can get yourself tickets, uh, you want to be uh, front row for the cage match for the, you do. You, you want to be there, sir. <laughs> and all the popcorn you can you can muster. Senator Todd Young of Indiana, young.senate.gov. Uh, sir, I appreciate you taking the time. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.